Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay, and I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Bonjour. And we're pumped to be here. We are having a back porch built, uh, so there's a lot of banging going on. So if you hear banging during the podcast, that's what's happening. We have our old old deck being torn down. I think last podcast we had talked about it being torn down and now they're building the new deck and it's looking awesome. We're pumped about it. We're going to get a screened in porch. We're going big because uh, we want to be able to sit out, but it is, the studio is just right out to the back here. And so, I mean, where, <laughs> this is all we got, this is all we can do. So where they're building is where we're recording, basically. Just try to think of it as some ASMR. Yeah, which is like, um, I guess that's like, Daisy will like to watch some videos where they're like, uh, they're rolling marbles or and they're dropping marbles in buckets. And, it, and it's visually and, and sound wise, it's like, it gets you into it. I mean, I watch some of them too, and I'm like, this is really stupid, but somehow I'm like, I just keep watching it. Yeah, it entrances. But the studio is has come along great. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, it's the whole studio is well insulated. I, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how they make things soundproof because this, this room is well insulated. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you do. I'm sure somebody listening knows, but that person ain't me. Um, but we're pumped to be here. I had the weekend off, uh, so I was not anywhere. Um, we did go out to the cabin for a day. We spent a night out at the cabin, I think, since we've done our last podcast, mm -hmm. and it was fun. I mean, we're still trying to get things going. I'm trying to get people to give me leaves. I'm trying to get leaves. I want to. I want my whole backyard, and I want the all the land to just be full of leaves. I want leaves everywhere. They said leaves are all the nutrients. The tree builds up these nutrients all year, puts it out into the leaves, and then in the fall, the leaves fall. They hit the ground, and they break down, go into the soil, and that's where. And then the tree soaks it up through the roots. But everybody's just raking up their leaves now, uh, so their grass doesn't die, but their trees are suffering because of it. Yeah, you, you're kind of on one about getting other people's leaves. Like, you're aggressive about it. Well, I just ride down the road, and I see leaves everywhere, and I go, I want those leaves. And I don't mind raking. I used to hate raking. I don't mind raking now. What I find difficult is putting the leaves in a bag once you've raked. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're rolling around being like, hey, can I rake your leaves? Yeah. And that's our joke, right? Me and Hannah have been talking about it. You go up to people and you go, hey, I'd like to rake your leaves. It sounds like innuendo, mm -hmm. you know? And I've been going up to people. I see, I saw a guy raking his leaves in the neighborhood the other day and I go, hey, uh, I'd like to take those leaves. <laughs> and he go, you know, I'm like, he's like, I'm raking them up so my daughter can play in them or whatever, but then you can have them. I go, well, if you put them in bags, I'll come take them. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting out there in a pile. It's like, dude, put it in a bag. Let me come get it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're that guy. Yeah. I'm trying to get leaves out here. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't anywhere last week, as I've said, but I am, I do have some stuff coming up that I'd like to talk about. This is Wednesday. We'll probably put the podcast out on Tuesday or Thursday morning though. So as of this podcast coming out tonight, Thursday night, I'll be in Chicago at the Vic Theater. Now, I don't know a lot about theaters. I'm excited to be in any theater right now. Um, but several people have messaged me telling me what a big deal it is to do the Vic. And I had no idea. I don't know a lot of things. I mean, I did the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival and really had no idea how big of a deal it was at the time, you know. Um, so I feel the same way about the Vic, but, you know, I've been told by several people it's it's a big deal. And, you know, to me, it's a big deal to be in a theater in general. So I'm excited. I'm pumped to be there. So, you know, I did six shows at um, earlier this year in Chicago. In January, I think I was in Chicago. And they all sold out. Uh, at Zany's. Now, Zany's is a bit of a smaller club, so I'm hoping some of those people will come on over because I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to get virtually a brand new show. I mean, since the, I was there in January, I've filmed my special and uh, now I'm on to new jokes. So I got, you know, I don't know. I can't say there won't be some repeated jokes because I I may use some that are off the special because the special's not out yet. And I also might have done some jokes at the Chicago show that I didn't use on the special that I'm using again. But it's going to be hot. It's going to be a good show. My friend Paul Farvar is going to do the show with me, um, who lives there in Chicago. It's going to be great. And then I'm going to fly to Oklahoma City where I'm going to do a private gig on Friday. And then on Saturday, I'll do two shows at Bricktown in Oklahoma City. So, very exciting. Um, the temperature has really dropped here, and um, it's gotten very cold. I mean, it was 80 two days ago, and this morning it was 29 degrees. So, it, from the looks of it, it doesn't seem like it'll be that much colder in Chicago than it than it is here. So, that's a relief. Mm, uh, you, you don't account for the wind up north, though. That wind will get you. That's Every what they time say. it'll get you. That's what they say. I think... Is Chicago called the Windy City? It is called the Windy City. Well, there you go. But they say, uh, people have said, it's really not that windy of a city, or, or or it's not the most windy city in the country. Well, yeah. I mean, Siberia probably has a leg on it, but I mean- I don't think Siberia is in the country, though. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know. No, Siberia is not in America, but I thought you just said it's not the most windy city- Period. Okay. No, I've, I've been told that it's not the windiest city in the country. Yeah, I bet Minneapolis has got to be up there and anything up there in the Dakotas. Yeah, I would think so. But, you know, Minnesota shares, uh, it's like a, they have to, it's called the Twin Cities up there, I mm -hmm. think, mm -hmm. because it's got St. Paul. Well, you know, I, I grew up on those lakes, on those Great Lakes in uh, Toronto, and Chicago's on the Great Lake, too, and it's just... <sighs> gets windy. It's so windy that yeah. when I was there in January in Chicago, it was so dang cold. Mm -hmm. So dang cold. Oh, I miss the cold. Well, it's cold out there today and I yeah. haven't seen you out there. It ain't nothing. I ain't seen you out there. 
Well, that's because I've been tending to the children. Yeah. There's been a lot of poop in this house today. Yeah, there has been a lot of pooping going on. Yeah. Um, I got a message the other day that I'd like to read if I can find it. Uh, let's see. Uh, nope. Uh, that's a nice one, though. Love your unique, clean comedy. That's what they said. This one is... Um, Glad you shared that. Yeah, well, you know, he says, Dusty, you bring so much to Nate Land, and even the subreddit haters would miss you just for your unique perspective that upsets them. (laughs) Also, I love Hannah's and your dynamic on your podcast and the way you appreciate each other. If it's just for the podcast, I don't want to know. Congrats on the new special. Just watched, and it's great. Um. Well, thank you for that. Uh, the Peppa Pig that we put on for Daisy did not last very long. She, uh, I'll get back to that comment. But now uh, we try to not just sit her in front of the TV, but in order to do the podcast, that's really the best thing to do. We just say, hey, watch some videos, and then we come knock the podcast out, and then we go back and do some stuff. Um, but what she does now, when we will, we'll, if we do, like let her watch videos. She'll watch for a little while and then she'll go, I want something else. So we have to, we go on YouTube and then we have to change it and find her something else. We'll go Peppa Pig uh, and then Baby Shark. Those are her top favorites right now. And then we'll go one of those ASMR videos. Sometimes she'll go a little Curious George, sometimes a little Bluey. Bluey's not her favorite. Uh, Curious George, she loved for a long time. Now she's pretty much over it. I don't like her to do Coco Melon. And also Bebe Finn or whatever. I don't really like Bebe Finn either. Bebe Finn will do um, uh, a baby shark that I don't mind. But I don't like those Coco Melon-like animated cartoons. She just goes into a complete trance for those. And I don't like that. What I, what for me, it's like Peppa Pig is at least somewhat of a story. So I feel like if I want my daughter to be able to follow stories, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of cartoons. I watched G.I. Joe and Masters of the Universe and all sorts of stuff like that. And I was a little older than her, but they had story to it, you know? So it's at least you can follow along. And I don't know. I I don't know if you're learning anything, but you're learning to follow a story. But with Coco Melon, it's just, it's just straight like songs. And they just, they just change the nursery rhymes and make them not good. But back to the comment, um, you know, me and Hannah, um, you know, as you say, um, appreciate each other. Um, we do appreciate each other. It's not just for the podcast. And sometimes, you know, I, I go on and off again with coffee and Hannah's pretty hard on the coffee right now. And so we can always tell when we're a little too caffeinated because we get irritated with each other for, for no reason, really. Any comment can set us off into some sort of a small fight uh, where it's like, oh, okay, what are we arguing about? And we're like, I don't know. I'm too caffeinated. And then we move past it. How dare you bring this up on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How but, dare you bring this up on the podcast? I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah. I mean, we get fired up. I also got some other comments about how people appreciated your uh, your ice cream thing last week on the podcast. Yeah. But they also, you know, want 
you know, you to know that, you know, don't blow it for everyone. Don't like, I don't, we don't want some ice cream shop listening and going, you know what? One scoop should be one scoop. She's on to something here. All I can do is speak my truth. Yeah. Okay. And if the hater's going to hate, they're going to hate. Yeah. But when I order a, a scoop of ice cream, Lord knows I want one scoop, one singular scoop. And if people can't handle that, click off, buddy. Yeah. Click off. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking real truth out here and you know, today people can't handle truth, can they? I know you can't when I'm telling you certain things when I'm caffeinated. Yeah. And I also want to address the last part of this um, comment this person made uh, where he said, uh, congrats on the new special just watched and it's great. Um, I want to say I appreciate you watching that thing that I put on YouTube, but that's not my new special. My new special, this this one that I, that video that you just watched on YouTube, I put a 50 minute video out on YouTube uh, and it's doing very well. I appreciate people watching. I would ask that, um, you know, if you watch it and you like it, uh, share it with somebody. You don't have to share it on your social media. You don't have to uh, do anything like that, but share it with a friend. Just tell a friend, hey, uh, this guy's got a, a funny 50 minutes because those are my classic jokes. I recorded that in 2019 and it is 50 minutes of nonstop jokes. There's no filler in there. There's no long stories. It is joke, 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 joke for 52 minutes, I think. So, um, You'll really enjoy that, uh, but that is not the special. I got a special coming probably in January. It's already filmed. It's all set to go. It's all ready. I can't talk about where it's going to be, but it is coming, and and, and I hope early January. Uh, and it is an hour of, unless you've seen me live in the last couple of years, it is brand new material. If you, if you like it, I don't think any of that stuff has seeped out onto videos anywhere. Maybe four or five minutes of stuff. I'm doing the wave joke. I'm doing the we're having a good time joke. And I got one uh, waiting tables joke. That's an old one. But the rest of it is uh, really fresh. And I'm very excited about it. It is my, it, honestly, I think it's my best comedy I've ever put out. And I can't wait. I mean, um, I'm so pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, so that is not the special, but I do appreciate you watching the thing I put out. The thing I put out on YouTube is 52 minutes and I've been, you, I recorded it in 2019 and I've been using those as social media clips for, for the last four years, but I'd never really put out the full thing. And I just thought, well, why not? You know, and it was an hour. I took out about eight minutes of stuff. Um, a big portion of it was the five o'clock somewhere joke, which I later made better and posted it. So I didn't want to put that older, not good version out. And then I had a Toby Keith breakdown of, uh, the song, um, how do you like me now? And it was kind of a, it was kind of bombed on the show. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and take that out too. Mm -hmm. Um, but Only the, the best for the internet. Yeah. I mean, well, the Toby Keith, it's just like, I don't even, it was just something I was doing at the time. And I was like, I don't even know why I, I did that on this recording. But I do have some other plans. Um, I plant, I have a lot of jokes out there that are on like, you know, I have some jokes from Making That Fudge, my first album, that I don't have any video for. I have some jokes um, 
uh, that are on a Comedy Central thing, that are on a Netflix thing, that are on uh, a Tonight Show that I don't have on an album. And I really want it on an album. So I plan to record a bunch of those jokes and hopefully get a whole nother album out of that. Uh, and I think that'll be really good and really funny. And then I'll put that out on the internet. I got a lot of content coming. It's very exciting. Yeah. Content, content, content. Yeah. And I'm pumped up. I have, um, I haven't uh, smoked a cigar in um, a week and a half. And uh, I've also done no weed in a week and a half. Um, and I don't, you know, uh, I never like to make big proclamations like I'm done with those things. Um, but I um, did get rid of my cigars that I had for the time being for uh, no temptation. What'd you do with them? Well, um, there's a trash guy that comes around here and the trash man always has like a black and mild in his mouth. Uh, he's always, he jumps out, he's got like a mullet and he always has a black and mild. He's, it's never lit, but he's just kind of holding it in there. And, you know, they come by and take the trash every Wednesday morning about 7 a.m. And I'm up. And so I see him every, every Wednesday with that black and mild. So I had a, a box of cigars and uh, a little box humidor, some cutters and stuff in there. And I just took it out there to him one morning. I go, hey, man, I don't know if you, I always see you with that black and mild. And, uh, and he took them and he was very appreciative. And uh, so I gave it to him. And then I had another grocery bag of cigars that I gave to uh, a homeless person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, I'm not just, you know, I just quite a lot of tobacco. Yeah. I just needed to be free, free of it for a minute. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had bought various ones over the years. I had bought some boxes. A lot of them were a box of cigars I bought one time and I, I, I bought the wrong size and they were too big and I didn't really like them. And so I just needed to be free from it. So I, I got rid of that. And then I've just, I didn't, I didn't get rid of the, the weed that I have, but I, I just, uh, I don't want to do it right now. I don't feel led to do it. And I've started working out. I'm back to working out. Uh, I don't think it was earlier this year, but it was earlier like 2022 when I really started working out. I wasn't doing cigars and I really started working out and I was really getting into it. But slowly cigars started to creep back in to, to the fold. And then it, it kind of kills my motivation. What happens with the cigars? I do enjoy them. But what happens is I go on the road, I do shows. And then after the show, I go out uh, and usually just the hotel patio. And I'll smoke cigars till, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. And then because I'm on such a I'm not on a comedy schedule. I'm on a parent schedule. So I'm sorry about all that banging. I'm on a parent schedule. So even though I'm going to bed at two or three o'clock in the morning, I'm still waking up at eight or nine o'clock. And if I were sleeping at eight or nine o'clock when I'm at home, that'd be late. But I'm trying to sleep till 12 when I'm on the road. It just is not happening. So then I end up losing sleep and then I'm tired and then I don't want to work out. So it just kills my motivation. So 
I'm really trying to get back at it. I'm trying to uh, be, be, I got two small kids. I'm trying to be strong and, and fresh and energetic. And uh, man, I've got a lot of energy. You do. Not high, Dusty. I mean, I don't know them. And I'm not even high all the time. That's not something I'm doing all the time. But, you know, it is something that I I do enjoy. I don't even know if I enjoy it, but I keep telling myself I You've enjoy been it. having a cup of tea since I've known you. Yeah. Every day. Nearly. Nearly every day. Yeah. You. I've certainly not known you to take a break from it for longer than a month. Yeah, but, it, you know, but for me, it's like... It's not something I do a ton of, right? No. Like um, I know people that will, you know, they'll sit down and in one session do more than I'll do that whole week. I really like a little puff and then I let it ride. That's all I like to do. Like I had, I've had people give me weed at shows before where it's like you've given the weed they gave me that they think they're giving me for the weekend I would make last for months. Yeah, it was. It is really reasonable how little of it you do. I um, don't even want to be high. I yeah. just like a little relaxation. In fact, if I if I get high, I'm uncomfortable. I want a little relaxation. I like a I like a combination of CBD and THC to where it's like because it's if it's just CBD. It almost feels like there's nothing happening, but a little combination of both and you get a little relaxation of the mind and the body. Well, I've always given you a hard time about vices, but I've never given you a hard time about about weed because I've felt like it has been therapeutic for you and it complements you well. And it's never been a problem for me. Your behavior on it, uh, your productivity your husbandly duties. I mean, nothing's ever been negatively affected, but it remains to be seen now if you get off of it and stay off of it a long time, what will be? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been unloading the dishwasher lately. <sighs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I woke up yesterday, this morning, maybe this morning. And I said, is that, are those dishes unloaded? And yeah. you said, yeah. And you said, also I've changed da Daisy's diaper twice. Yeah. Now that shouldn't be something to compliment you on because obviously that's just something you should be doing, but you're a dad and it's the moms that usually do that stuff. So it is a big deal. I do change your diapers a lot, but yeah, I mean, cause now what's happening, I've been, I'm waking up before Daisy. So I'm, cause Daisy usually wakes up and then wakes me up, but now I'm waking up before Daisy. So I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. So it's like when she wakes me up, I'm like, all right, let's go get, you know, let's, I drag myself out of bed. I'm like, let's go get some breakfast and I fix the breakfast. But when she wakes up after me, I'm like, all right, let's get your diaper changed and let's get some food, you know, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. I mean, not high dusty is stepping it up. I mean, I didn't know that I needed to trade in my husband until I traded him in for the same guy, just less. Um, dosed up on marijuana. But I think that it'll all balance out. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm feeling, I feel like I've taken a B vitamin most of the time right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. B vitamins are too much for me. When I take them, I'm like, whoa, this is intense. Um, but I feel like now I've taken a B vitamin. It's pretty 
amazing to actually be basically sober because, you know, I, I have, I had a similar thing with you. You know, I loved weed. Oh, I loved weed since I was a teenager, but I had a very toxic relationship with it. It was somewhat demonic of an influence on me. My voice would change. I'd get weird. You no would one- become a different person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like homicidal, but like no, you, I, but would it was, be, you would be fun, but your voice would change. Yeah. And it was kind of creepy. Yeah. It was a little creepy. When and I, you would also really burn through the stash. Yeah. I mean, stuff I make last for months, you would burn through in a couple of days. The first I mean, three, four years we were together, you never had a stack of weed. Now we have so much, you know, of it. Because you do so little of it that we give it away for gifts. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. adults. Yeah. You know, not for Halloween. Like, but, um, but so, but then finally I got off weed because, and cigarettes because they went kind of hand in hand. And that's been since 2018. 19, 2019. And I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, this is the first stretch in my adult life that I'm actually just myself. Yeah. That I've been regulating my own emotions, that I've been dealing with my own things, you know. And I don't want to um, make some declaration that I'm not going to do it again. Because, but that's how it was about drinking. When I first quit drinking, I would not, I, I would not say, oh, I've quit for good. I'd say I'm just taking a break. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, you don't want to be like, I quit, I gave it up. And then someone sees you drunk out on the street and they're like, what happened? And then it seems sad. I don't know where (laughs) where this is all going, but I am enjoying working out and I want to work out. I want to because, you know, my whole history with working out uh, was always back in the day. I used to work out a lot in my 20s, but. It was always clouded by drinking. I would get really going with it and I would start to get in some good shape and I would start to build up in weight. And then it just, you know, a couple of hungover days in a row, I'd get out of my routine. And then next thing you know, I'm not even doing it all. And I think that is a, uh, and I don't know. I mean, people always talk about turning muscle into fat. Uh, I don't think it works that way. I don't think you can actually or turn fat into muscle. I don't think that's actually uh, uh, a thing, but I think that your if your appetite is high and you're eating a lot, I think those calories can be turned into muscle. Again, I don't know if that works like that, but I had gotten pretty big. Now I was not super jacked, but I had gotten pretty big at one point. And, um, and then when I stopped working out, I think that's when I started to get really fat because I was like, still kind of riding that same calorie intake, even though I wasn't working out anymore, you know? Um, But I, you know, I just want to, yeah, I just want to be in shape. I've been able to wake up in the morning and we got a treadmill and I got a sauna and I got some free weights. So I've been able to get up, do the treadmill, do some weights, do the sauna. I've only done one day where I got up and did all that before anybody woke up. And that was pretty great. That's impressive, though, because that was like 5 a.m. Yeah. And I want I woke up today, but it was 29 degrees and all that stuff's out in my garage. And I was like, I ain't trying to get out there at 5 a.m. today with 29 degree weather. Hmm. That's pretty rare for Nashville. So I'm like, we'll let it warm up. The other day, 
you came in from working out or maybe you'd already been in for a while, but you just kind of walked in the room and you said, I feel powerful. Yeah. And I like to hear that from my husband. Yeah. I feel powerful. And I said, I know you are powerful. <sighs> well, you jacked up. Quit you, sedating yourself on this green leaf. It feels good to work out. I really have always just wanted kind of the old, just some old, good old homegrown weed. I wish they would just legalize it in a way that... Uh, I don't want it to be, I don't want to be able to buy it at a store. I don't want it to be legal in that way. So you don't I, want it to criminalize. You want it legalized. I want them to legalize you to grow and use it. That's what I want. Yeah. Cause decriminalize, which is, I believe what it is in Canada, just means it's regulated by the government. So right. you can only sell X amount. It can only be this kind of potency. I don't want to sell it. I don't and even want money off the taxes. Of I course. don't even want people to sell it. I just want them to make it legal for me to grow. And use. And I would, I just want to grow it. I think it'd be really fun to just grow it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it'd be fun. I mean, just from a farming aspect. Well, you love gardening. Yeah. So why wouldn't you love, I mean, you like growing thyme and rosemary and tomatoes. Yeah. Peppers, hot peppers. The hottest pepper there is, is marijuana. Even, yeah, that's true. Even flowers. I mean, the wildflowers we have going out mm. there are really something. That's why I want a lot of leaves. I want enough leaves to to put on our lawn and kill a portion of the grass in the backyard. Over the winter, I want these leaves to lay on top and kill the grass mm -hmm. and then create a little bit of a topsoil. So then in spring, I can come throw some wildflower seeds down and boom, we just have, I mean, we have bees all over these things out there. I mean, it's, this is what I'm talking about. I don't need rose bushes. I don't need daisies. I don't need uh, petunias from Lowe's. All I need is them Tennessee wildflowers. Exactly. They're beautiful. And the bees love them. The bees love them, Dusty. It all comes down to the bees for you. Well, I feel like if the bees and butterflies are here, then it makes a healthy environment. Yeah. We're living in a healthy world. Yep. If the bees and the butterflies are here. That's right. And if we could get some owls and some bats mm. for the nighttime. Mm. The owl in the bat house is out at the cabin now. I got to figure out how to get it set up, but they're out there now. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah. It's been too, it's clay soil around here. So it's been too, um, it's been too uh, dry and the ground is so hard. I mean, it's like cement out here when the ground is that hard. So we need a little more rain to soften it up because I got to stick a pole. I'd like to get about a 20 foot pole in the ground with a bat house on top of it. You got to rake those leaves and you got to stick a pole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's all. And uh, so that's, you know, it's just, no, it's okay. This is your podcast. No, it's okay. I mean, you, there's you, no reason you, for me to talk like listen, that. Listen, I want you to make jokes. Okay. I want you to get in here and make some jokes. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Yeah. Oh, uh, we already talked about ripping the porch up. You know, yeah, I want to rip do, that porch up. I'm going to um, rake some leaves and stick that pole under that ripped up porch. All right. Well, is that too much? Well, you just keep, now you just keep doing yeah. that same joke. Okay. They're really banging right now. They're banging. It's distracted me. I'm not able to really free flow here because there's a lot of banging. I was like, I don't even know what you're banging at this point. 
I don't know what they're banging either. All right, Hannah. I mean, jeez. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. All right, that's it. I mean, just that's try, it. We can edit it out. Just try to. We can edit it out. Just try to focus. You All know. Right. You know what I mean. I just love patterns. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Um. Oh, behind Hannah, uh, I don't know if we'll ever show this, but visually, well, that's a Janice Ian. Hannah really got into Janice Ian. She's a folk singer. Yeah. Um, and she has some really good stuff. It's very melodramatic. Well, she had good stuff in her one, two albums in the early 70s. Yeah. It's very melodramatic and a bit depressing. Yeah. I was listening to a lot of her in 2000 and. 19 when I had a mental breakdown. Yeah. I actually don't really listen to her anymore because it triggers me. Oh, does it? Yeah. But I still appreciate what she did for me and kind of floating me through the darkness. But the other poster we have on the wall here uh, on the other side is, uh, I don't know if you saw the <laughs> the video that went viral of the woman on the airplane where she, uh, she, she wanted to get off the airplane and she goes, you know, that. Whatever she said. That, You're not real. That guy back there is not real. That is not real. So the the poster is a drawing of her on the airplane pointing back towards the plane. And every creature and person on the plane is something that's not real. It's like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. And, and I just saw that on the internet and I thought it was so great. Is there a picture of uh, the... Uh American dollar bill. The American dollar bill? Yeah, because it's not real. It's not real money. That fiat currency. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dusty. How about you take the lead on this podcast? Well, I'm trying to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been watching. Uh, Hannah dug through some of her old stuff to get some of her old drawings. Hannah went to art school or took an art class while she was in college. No, I went to an arts high school. Oh, okay. And uh, she found some DVDs of a show that she was on on SCTV. Uh, <laughs> SCTV? No. That's so weird on YTV. YTV, The yeah. kids' version 30 years later of SCTV. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not, I'm, forgive me for not being super no, familiar. No, I know, but I'm just trying, I'm not, I'm not letting you just say it, say all the wrong stuff. Right. But you, you're laughing and making fun of me while while you're doing it. Well, it's because I love you. Yeah. But I don't know all the Canadian programming, but we're, she was on a show called That's So Weird on YTV. Uh, why? I don't know. YTV. Get it? And um, I think it's youth TV. Is it? I don't know. But we've been watching some of it and it's very funny. How old were you on that? Probably 23 to 26. Yeah. So... But it's very funny. It's a funny show. Daisy loves it. Yeah, it's Daisy. So it's it's given me a real renaissance to to rewatch it because I've not seen it in so long. But Daisy really likes it, so I'm like, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really gets into it. It is really funny. Yeah, I can actually watch it a little bit more objectively now because at the time I was just like, why aren't you writing me into more sketches? Well, it's a sketch. Yes, yeah, a sketch comedy show for kids, right? Yeah, but but they cast us who were real comedians in Canada. They did a cross Canada search for young talent. We had a series of dang three, four auditions for it, and um, and it's so they wanted legitimate, you know, adult comedians who could play teenagers. Oh, okay, yeah. it sounds like they're destroying our house. Like I feel yeah. like we're gonna open the studio when this is all over. 
and go out there and the rest of our house is going to be gone. I've had visions of just horror because (laughs) (laughs) Sam is sleeping upstairs right now and they're just on the roof above him. And I've just had these visions of them falling through the roof and hurting our poor little man. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm not doing well. I think that's why I'm making these tasteless jokes. I just can't believe the amount of noise. I don't think there's been this much noise the whole time. This podcast is absolute trash. It is, and I'm sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish there was something I could do about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they're it sounds like they're able to hear us. And they're going <laughs> and they're going, how much noise? Can we make? Yeah, they sound like they're toddlers on the roof just discovering how fun it is to like bang <laughs> pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we we had about 20 more. The, the amazing thing is Sam is still sleeping through it. I so. mean, we'll keep going and then I'll listen to this just to see how bad it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully we are able to put it out mm-hmm. uh, because other um, otherwise it just will sound really It'll bad. be a little fainter. It's got to be louder to us than it is in the yeah. microphone. But, you know, the way people are with their podcasts now, They've, they're everyone's so spoiled with their perfect audio podcast now that if you have any kind of static or pop in your microphone, people are just like... Get it together. Quit your life. Well, I'll be honest with you. If I were listening to a podcast and all I heard was this banging, I would skip it. Yeah, I'd skip it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, and I'd troll them hard and I'd, you know, make fun of their wives too, just to yeah. really make it sting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I was working out, I used to work out, you know, in the, uh, you know, mid 2000s. And I, I used to, I got beat up one time. I was, uh, I was already working out. Uh, and I remember I, uh, was supposed to have a date with a girl and I went out, I went, I got up early that morning. I did yoga at a gold's gym. I think it was what it was at the time. And I'd never done yoga. Well, I'd done yoga one time before, but I'd never done yoga there. And then I went to work after that, waited tables. And I was just, you know, I was fired up because the yoga really did me right at that time. And, you know, and some people say that yoga is evil. I kind of think it is. I don't know. And who you knows? might have to explain that a little bit more, because if you're not Christian, that's probably the first time anyone's ever heard some people think yoga is evil. Well, I will. But, you know, they, well, they say it's, you know, you know, it's like. Eastern religion type stuff where the poses are designed to basically worship uh, other spirits. So even though, and I don't know, I don't. And the chants that they sometimes like to do, the alming. I I never do the chants, but it's like, uh, you know, the poses themselves, to me, it's like when I've done yoga in the past, it's like each direction that you move your hand or move your foot is a new stretch um, that as a muscle that you wouldn't stretch otherwise. So I feel like it's hard to argue that it's like, I don't know, it's really good stretching. But when you look at the poses, they do look kind of worshipful. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I go back and forth on it, whether I believe that it's bad or not. Um, but you know, who knows, maybe I took on some other spirit that day doing my yoga and I went to work and then I got off work and then the girl, 
I don't know if she messaged me. This was, you know, 20 years ago, but she stood me up basically. So I went out to happy hour and I got really wasted and I stayed out from happy hour on into the night. Me and my buddies were at the bar way on into the night. We went to a sushi restaurant that we used to go to all the time, I think called Tsunami. And we got into the sake and we were doing shots of sake and we got fired up. And I went out into a bar and I was dancing in this bar and I got into a bit of a shoving match with another dude around midnight, 1 a.m., got into a bit of a shoving match. And someone grabbed me from behind and threw me down on the ground. And then I got kicked a bunch. Um, and then I, I and then I got out of the bar and I saw a couple of the people down the street and I was so drunk, I went down there and tried to get them. And then they beat me up on the street um, and I got really swollen up. Uh, I had pictures. They were on a hard drive that got broken, probably for the best. Uh, but my, um, both of my eyes uh, were swollen shut. And, but I did not bleed. They never busted me open, but both of my eyes were swollen shut and my face was real swelled up. And, uh, so I missed a couple of days of work and, um, because I was like, I can't go in with swollen eyes. Uh, but I did end up working with black eyes for a little while. And so working out for the next little while, that became my motivation, just knowing that I got beaten out. I'm probably, no matter how big my muscles were, based on how drunk I was, I probably would have got beaten up anyway. Um, but I, that was my motivation. I would just, anytime I was in there lifting weights, I would just think about those dudes hitting me in the face. And uh, that would be the motivation to push. But I pushed so hard, I ended up hurting my shoulder. So for a long time after that, anytime I would lift weights and it, they would start to get too heavy, uh, my shoulder would start to hurt and then I could barely lift my shoulder. So that really kind of stopped me from working out for a long time. And then I got back into working out in 2012 when I quit drinking and I would bike a lot. But what I was doing then was not doing heavy weights. I was doing light weights but just tons of reps. Like I would do the bench press machine and I would do a very light amount of weight, but I would lift it um, like a hundred times. You know, I just kept pushing until it was like, it was such a burn that I could barely, you know, move my arms. And that was to me the best workout because I, I wasn't straining myself, but I also had lost a ton of weight. I ended up losing 40 pounds in two months because of the biking and, and the diet change. But now my, my diet is very good. For the first time in my life, I have a really good diet. And I think that if I were able to work out the way that I want to with the diet that I have, I think I, I stand a good chance to really get into some good shape, even at 40. Um and so I'm, I'm pumped about that. And I, I feel good um, because I just am on a good routine now. I mean, the hotels I'm at usually all have a good gym. But if not, I still have a Planet Fitness membership. So I can, you know, I can get across to a Planet Fitness. And I feel good about it. You asked me earlier, you said, since you've been working out, try to think of a story about you working out yeah. in the past. 
So immediately I thought about getting punched in the face a lot. Yeah. Getting Uh, jumped and beat on. Yeah. How does that feel? Like, do you feel like you might die if they beat you too hard? Now, I was pretty drunk. It really didn't hurt. Um, when you're getting beat on like that, are you still trying to act tough or are you just taking it because you know you're you're busted? I was acting tough until the second time. Now, you know, I was still, for lack of a better term, a man about it. But yeah, you're like, at some point you're like, all right, I'm done. Were you um, able to just get back up or did you lay there for a while? I got up immediately. And I got, I remember getting... At that time, I was causing so much trouble as a drinker and still continue to cause trouble after that. But I was causing so much trouble. I was always near getting into fights that when that finally happened, I was actually very level headed about it where I was like, this was coming. I had this coming. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even mad at the guys that did it to me. Because I was like, nah, I had this coming. You can't go around doing the sort of things that I was doing for that long without that coming at some point. You can't be mouthy like that. And to be honest, because my friends, some of the same friends I was hanging out with that night, years later got into an incident where they really beat a guy up. So this was a fortunate incident for me uh, in, in two ways. They beat this guy up really bad. We stopped being friends basically after that. Now, you know, if I see them, I'm still friendly with them because I understand the the way that we were drinking at the time was so bad that you you lose control. So I don't, you know, I don't not blame them, but at the same time, you know, you do blame them. It's like, but we were, you get so drunk that you just get completely out of your mind. And uh, apparently they busted this guy's eye socket. Like they messed this guy up. Whereas me, I got no broken bones. I got no cuts. So I came away with no scars or, or anything or no real injuries. A very physical looking injury where it was like eyes swollen shut, black eyes. But physically I was completely fine. So I feel like uh, in a way God allowed this to happen to me to calm me down, but didn't let me have any damage. Uh, and on the flip side, I didn't do that to someone. I always had this in me to be uh, a bit of an agitator, but I didn't ever want to physically hurt anyone, you know, and that's what a fight is. A fight is either you get physically hurt or you physically hurt someone. Movies glamorize fights to where people, you know, they'll get into a fight in a bar and they punch each other a few times and then they end up buddies or everything's fine. Um, but nobody really wins in a fight. I mean, there's a great song written by Bobby Bear. Um, Chris Christopherson covered later called The Winner. Uh, it's written by Shel Silverstein where the guy, you know, he, a guy gets challenged by another guy to fight. And he, he, so the guy that he wants to fight, you know, says, you know, I'm a winner. And he goes on to describe how much of a winner he is. And he's like, I've never lost a fight, but these are all the bad thing that's happened to me all the years while I've been fighting. And yeah, I mean, nobody wins in a fight and it's like, um, you know, so it's, it's not worth it to do. So I'm fortunate to be the one that got beat up, but not sustain any physical. 
Now, while you say you were an agitator, I feel like you've also told me, though, that at that time, the crews that you were running with, while you were the agitator, you also were able to draw in your wilder friends so that they didn't get up to criminal activities. Well, that's always been the case for me, even in younger when I was still in Opelika, because all this stuff went down in Charleston. But even when I was in Opelika, it was like I, I would hang with friends that would go to jail. But they never would go to jail with me. When when we were hanging out and they ever wanted to do something too crazy, I'd be like, nah, let's not do that. Let's just go back and hang out at my house and drink, you know, or let's do this or let's do that. Let's not let's not break into this house. Yeah. Let's not throw these rocks at this window. Let's not, you know, let's not do this or that. I had some of my best friends, uh, well, one guy in particular, I mean, he went to jail several times, but mm-hmm. never when he was hanging out with me. Whenever he was hanging out with me, he was always fine. And we would, you know, we would get into our own uh, kind of trouble, but not any kind of like jail trouble. Even, you know, doing, you know, various different substances with friends. When they would do it with me, uh, we would mostly just listen to Pink Floyd and uh, look at ourselves in the mirror and and be like, this is crazy. Look how crazy this is. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. But when they would hang out with other people, they would go off and do something that would land them in jail or um, have some kind of freak out, um, you know, so. I was, I was always able to do that sort of stuff, but I like to be mouthy. You know, that's really what I like to do. I Mm -hmm. like to, I like to stir it up a little bit, but not take it to the next level. It's always fun to see people get, and it was, a lot of it was my own um, insecurities I was dealing with, right? Where uh, it was my way of bringing somebody down. If I felt like somebody was a little too lofty or too uh, <laughs> lofty, that's you know, a good word, or too uh, high high on their horse, you know, I could bring them down by embarrassing them or talking a little trash. Wouldn't you feel like that a lot though, since you kind of came from poverty or whatnot? Yeah, you'd all always kind of feel like everybody's bit. That's what I always feel like when I encounter someone that's like working class. We'll say. Like they love to use the expression, they think they're better to me. Right. Well, that's how I believed for so long. So I I do understand that mentality, but, um, you know, you have to overcome it. And, you know, I carried it too long and I've, I've probably talked about this, but this has been said to me and I don't know if it's true, but whatever age you are when you start to get wasted uh, all the time is when you stop maturing. And you don't, you don't mature past that until you get sober. So it's like, you know, I'd say it, I mean, at 21, I started to get drunk all the time, but I'd say around 19 is when I, I don't know, maybe even 18 is when I really started to get into stuff and do various substances and drinking a lot. So I feel like I kind of. Jeez. Yeah, that's wild. And they're doing surgery on our house. I feel like I kind of stayed at that maturity level for a long time and could not grow up. So I was in this spot of like, oh, this person thinks they're better than me, which 
they probably didn't think about me at all. They weren't like, oh, I'm better than that guy. They probably just had their own confidence or either they were dealing with their own problems. Would, you, had- would you get lippy with women? Would you really kind of cuss a girl out and be rude and disrespectful? No, not really. It was more dudes. Uh, so you weren't dropping any H-bombs or S or S-L-U-T's? Like you weren't running around talking to girls like that? No, I mean, I can't say I never did anything like that, but that was not the norm for Like me. if a girl, like you hit on a girl and she didn't like you, you wouldn't call her a lesbian? That used to happen a lot 20 years ago. Okay, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, now, I can't recall. I mean, I'm sure I've said bad things to, to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, at some point. But no, I never would. I never tried to. No, I know it's hard to imagine you being real disrespectful to women since you seem to just like women so much and are so nice to them now. Well, I grew up, you know, with women. You know, I, my dad was always in the picture, but I, I lived with my mom and two sisters for, you know, the majority of my life. So, now I never, and I, I won't say that I was never disrespectful to a woman because I most certainly was. But I don't think it was the norm to to call them names. Now, you know, I would I most certainly said inappropriate things to women, but it was not that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Just um, and um, but I um, uh, but it was mainly dudes where I would. Uh, you know, be like, oh, this guy, well, guy you thinks know, he's better is, than me. It is easy for me to think about you wasted and being mouthy because you, you know, just regular Dusty out here today, you don't let anyone step to you sober. Like, you you know, someone steps to you, you're quick to be like, nah, nah, nah. You're quick to jump on that and say, not today, dude. Well, I don't like that because I don't try to do that to people either. You know, I don't try to... St- step to people. I don't try, you know, so I don't like it when people do that. Yeah. But for example, with me, and this might be like a woman thing or just a me thing, but like if somebody frustrates me or annoys me, a lot of times I'll just kind of stuff it in until like I can't handle it anymore. And then I just lash out and it's very irrational and, um, you know, it's not productive because I, I'm not controlling my emotions properly. Whereas you'll just, you know, nip it in the bud right away. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I think that I do, I, in a sense, we'll build it up sometimes, Okay, you know, and, and, but I guess my, 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 my build up tank is smaller. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, so, you know, it's like, you know, I, there's been people uh, in that Reddit thread that said that they think I have anger issues and I've seen it in the Nate Land Facebook group before too. Um, but no, it's just like, for me, it's like, I just don't like to get pushed around and, you know, like when I used to sell pesticides, it's like, if people think I have anger issues now, they should have seen me in a Lowe's or Home Depot in 2010. I mean, it was like, you know, you go in and you're like, I need to, uh, you know, I need you to get this pallet down for me so that I can stock this shelf. And people would get an attitude with me about it. And then I, so I would go and get a ladder and cut the shrink wrap off and start bringing the boxes down by hand, which is really a lot of work. And then they would come and yell at me for doing that because it's a safety violation and they could probably get in trouble. But I'm like, get it down for me. I don't want to do all this work like this, but I need to get it done. And I've been into, I mean, in the Home Depot in Pooler, Georgia, uh, I used to have a lot of problems with that manager. I mean, she was very, she was a, this lady was a maniac and, uh, and it was, and you know, there were plenty of female store managers that I got along with really well. 
most times, uh, female store managers, I got along with really well, but this one particular lady was a real, she, she was in love with the guy in the competition, I think, uh, with Scott's. And that was the problem. Like she, actually in love? Uh, at least in a strong friendship way. Ooh, that's a juicy story. Yeah. Um, and she did not like me. Um, and that's fine. People yeah. don't like me sometimes. Well, I'm ready for that kind of anger issues, if you will, to come out now that you're not uh, smoking as much weed. Not that the, your anger is going to come out, but even when you came home from a comedy show the other night, I'd never seen you so fired up. It was like 11 o'clock and you're coming in, running around, moving things around, piping off at the mouth. And I thought, dang, this boy's off drugs. Well, I just, um, you know, with that particular thing, it's like, you know, I care about comedy, right? I care about it as a craft and I care about my my club. And when I I feel like sometimes there's a, you know, just people that, you know, they get stage time, but they don't really care about the craft. And it really annoys me because it can bring the whole show down. If somebody is trying and they bomb, that's fine, you know, because that's going to happen. That is what it is. But it's like when when people are not trying and they're just bombing and then they just blame the audience and then it seems to happen over and over again in a night, it is really annoying because it's like, you know, I care about the look of the club. I never want people to come to the club. And I've always cared about comedy scenes in general. Um, I never want people to come to a show and think, oh, comedy's not good in this town or, oh, comedy's not good at this club. You know, I want it to have a, a certain level of expectation to where when you come to that club, you're going to be sufficiently entertained. And I was very irritated uh, on Monday. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and, and there, there can be times when it is the audience. I mean, there, there are, we've all encountered a situation where you're like, man, that audience is weird tonight. Um, but that was not the case on, on Monday. And, um, you know, so sometimes I just get a little irritated, but yeah, I mean, typically what I would do is I would hang out and, uh, do my set. And then I would go outside, have a cigar, maybe a touch of some weed. And then, so by the time I got home, it was all forgotten and I was relaxed. But now that I'm not doing that, I sit inside and I watch the whole show. And I just see, um, it's like people are not even watching the other comics. They're not, um, they're not learning anything. They're not getting better. Um, and I feel like the whole scene can suffer because ultimately, even if someone is a terrible comic, if they're around a scene long enough, they can become the elder of that scene and people will begin to look up to that person, even if they're not doing well. And then that would drag the whole thing down. Just any business is like that. If the, if the manager, if the boss at the top is not good, it's going to drag that whole company down. Like I said, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods in Mount Juliet the other day. And when I left there, I said, you know, I want to leave a review. I'm not going to, but I wanted to leave a review that says, you know, Dick's, it's not just the name of the store. It's the attitude of all the employees. You got that right. Yeah, they're not helpful in there. Nope. Academy Sports in Mount Juliet is very friendly and very helpful. Dick's uh, is not good. I, it's like... 
the uh, the sports store has turned into Dick's Last Resort, uh, the uh, the restaurant where the the reason that it's called Dick's is because they're rude to you. I mean, I went in there a month ago, and I wanted to buy some shoes, and I wanted to be in and out, but I was about to buy some running shoes. I just needed to try them on, and I went back there. There's no one back there. And I kind of like look around. I know which shoes I want to try on. I just need someone to go in the back and get me the box. And I and I can hear someone shuffling around in the back room. And I'm like, hello, hello. No one comes out, right? I'm like, okay. So I walk all the way back to the front of the store, get the girl at the cash register. And I said, hey, I, I kind of want to try on these shoes. <clears throat> and she's talking to some one of her other employees. So I feel like I'm interrupting their flirtatious conversation. She's like, oh yeah, just a second. Let me, let me get them. So she like radios this guy. I walk all the way back to the back. The guy comes out of the back. He's like, here. Like, as if I've done something to him. I'm like, this is your job. Yeah. I'm trying to buy something from your store. I'm not being rude. Why are you putting it on me like I'm doing you wrong? Yeah. And then he goes, gets me. He goes, oh, they only have a seven or an eight. So I try it on anyways. Don't fit. And then I'm just like, even if they did fit, I don't even want to buy it from you. Yeah. Punk kid. Right. And then that kid doesn't care. No. Because he, he that's not his career. He's not even pretending to pretend to care. Yeah. And then the, the the store itself is probably having a hard time finding employees, but they need better management. They need somebody in there who's going to motivate them to care. And I, I, it's probably harder than ever. But, you know, it's like. And if you're listening to this little anecdote we've just shared about dicks and you're thinking this couple has anger issues. Get out of town. Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. Still listen to the podcast, whatever town you get to, but get out of town. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, it's like, you know, I, oh, I, I, I talk about selling pesticides so much. I know I talk about it so much, but it's like, um, the, uh, the lessons that I learned in that job. Now that job was not going to be my career forever. It did not end up being my career forever, but the things I learned at that job in business, I was able to carry on to helping me be successful in comedy. And it's like, so just because you work at Dick's and the shoe department, you're like, this is not going to be my job forever. I don't care about this job. It's like, you're still going to learn things that will help you, um, in the future, there was a video that went viral uh, of this girl uh, complaining about her nine to five job. She had just got out of college and she's like, oh, I just, you know, I have to commute to work. It takes an hour to get to work. And then I, I work from nine to five and then I get home. By the time I get home, I'm so tired. I can't do anything else. I just want to shower and go to bed. And it's like, that does suck. I've been there. I know exactly how you feel. Uh, it sucks. It's so bad. But you know, that is life until you can make something else happen. You don't have to, that doesn't have to be your life forever, but it may have to be your life for some time. You know, she's like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to make food. And it's like, what do you do in your job? I bet she doesn't work in a coal mine. And that's why, you know, in the past you, you would have a, a, a family, it would be uh, husband and wife, and then you would have, you know, typically the wife would stay home, but it would be a one income family no matter what. And then you get home from a hard day's work and the other partner is there to make food for you. 
So, you know, you're not designed to work all day and then come home and fix your own meal. That's why it's a partnership that they've taken away from us. But one, they've taken it away from us by making it too hard to afford to live on one income. And they've taken it away from us by making the person that stay at home see seem unimportant. But the, you know, building a family is the most important thing. It's like all of nature is designed that way. I mean, animals and insects, their whole goal in life is to reproduce and create the next generation. When when spiders mate, the female kills the male. When when probably had too much coffee. Yeah. When uh, so many animals, when they finally meet or insects, when they finally mate, the male dies. The male's sole purpose is to reproduce, to keep that going. Now, other things will happen. It's like we're watching a nature documentary the other day, and it's like, you know, you see this this group of killer whales come along and they kill a baby blue whale or whatever. And all they do, they kill that baby and then they eat its jaw. That's all they do is eat the jaw. And it seems like such a waste. But then you see that the rest of that whale drifts down to the bottom of the ocean where other animals uh, eat the rest of it. So nothing goes to waste and everything works together to feed everything else. The whole goal is to create the next generation so that life continues. But they've taken that away from us by making us think that the family is unimportant, by making us think that whoever stays at home has an unimportant job when it's like, it's the most important thing that we continue to keep the next generation going, but they keep wanting to rob that of rob that from us. And so we think that everything that we do now is unimportant and that like, oh gosh, if I have to work real hard and I don't have any life outside of working real hard, then I'm being robbed of something. And it's like, well, you know, when I, when I was working for Stu Barber that I've talked about when I was a part-time pesticide salesman, he would give me these life lessons and he would say, you know, at your age, you should be working 50 or 60 hours a week. I was in my early 20s. He's like, if you're not working that much and saving money, you're wasting your time. He said, you work that much now because you have the energy for it and you can save it. But we've uh, been sold this idea that, you know, we got to have a social life. We got to be dating. We got to be drinking. We got to be watching sports on the weekends. We got to do all these other things. But work is important. It's important for our souls. It's important for everything that we do. Uh, and it's like, sure, the job you do may seem pretty important. If you work at Burger King, you may think you have a loser job. But you know what? That people that come and eat at Burger King, they think it's pretty important that you work there, you know, because without you being there, they're not going to get their burger that day. And it's like we've made a joke out of it where it's like the comics used to say if a, if an audience member would heckle them, they would go, I don't come to your job and show you how to flip burgers. And it was this big insult. But you know what? Flipping burgers plays a role. Everybody makes fun of working at the Waffle House. I've made fun of the Waffle House. But you know what? When you stop at a Waffle House and you want to eat some, uh, you want to eat an omelet and some pancakes, you're pretty happy that that Waffle House is there. You know, I don't know if they serve pancakes. Maybe it's just waffles. I don't eat that stuff. Uh 
Here's what I'll say though. And this is something to think about. I'm sorry. I get so fired up. Yeah. Cause you're off drugs. <laughs> you're 100% off drugs. Um, dusty all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Well, sure. That's a nursery rhyme that they started to, now you don't want to, is it? No, that's from the shining. Is it? Yeah. Where Jack Nicholson tries to kill his family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, not quite a nursery rhyme. Well, okay. So let's use that as an example though. What, what is that? That's a, an alcoholic hallucination that he's having. What I think I'm alluding to is the fact that if all you're doing is the same thing over and over again, it, it drives you insane. And I, I would argue that there's somewhat of a mental health emergency in this country. And I do think that it's not, I think what you're saying is very true about the family and figuring out what's really important in life. But I think that the American grind is inherently unhealthy and there, I, I have a lot of sympathy for that girl in that video because I, I think we've just gotten to this point where we need to work, 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 be stressed, stress, 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 go to schools, debt, 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 debt. And it is driving us somewhat insane and then it's making people miserable in their own life. Well, I agree with that because I, I have sympathy for her too. I'm not, you know, a lot of people came at her in a way that they shouldn't have. And that's not what I'm trying to do because I do understand what it's like to be in that situation where, because what I believe happened to her, and I don't know her whole background, but what I believe happened to her was that she was told if she takes out this student loan and goes to college that when she gets off, she's going to get her dream job. She's going to make a lot of money and she's going to be on easy street. And then she gets out of college, gets her job and finds that not only is it not easy street, but she hates her life now. And so I feel sorry for her too, because I feel sorry that she was sold that lie, you know? Um, because the other thing is too, like, so she's maybe sort of at the bottom of the of the work pyramid now, but let's say she does become infinitely more successful, more money, more problems. It doesn't become less stressful the more successful you become. There's well, more stress, there's I more chaos, know. there's less time. Uh, I could I could disagree with that statement. I mean, I think there's a, I hate the term yes and no, but I feel like it could go either way. You could get more successful and make more money and it be less stressful. Or it could be more. Well, maybe we're not millionaires yet. So we don't know what it means to like truly be able to delegate and put, put other people but, doing all these like rudimentary things that we need to get done in our life. But, uh, but I, I think, just think the grind's tough, man. That's my point. The grind's tough. The grind is tough. And I don't tough. know if it needs to be tough. The grind. It, We've just chosen well, this hard lifestyle for well, us. Well, life is hard, you know, and, mm. and no one's ever, you know, up until, I don't know, but they've always said life is hard and life is not fair and this and that. And it's like, but what she needs is a mentor. She needs someone to say, work hard now. And then it will pay off for you later in life. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean retirement age, but work, save, put that money away, get yourself out of debt, pay your cars off, pay your credit cards off, pay your student loan off, get out of debt, save money. Um, and, you know, don't, you know, don't get, don't get depressed about it. Just know that you're, you're in the grind right now, but you can get out of it. But it, you, we can only get out of it if we save ourselves some freedoms. I mean, COVID, uh, you know, basically ruined a lot of people's opportunities at small businesses. And overregulation ruins your opportunity at a small business. And a, you're owning your own business is your, your way to freedom.
So we can't let that slip away. God bless America. Exactly. Capitalism is not perfect, but it is the only system that seems to favor, um, you know, freedom. Mm hmm. So, and it favors um, creativity yeah. and uh, ingenuity. It's not perfect. There are plenty of complaints about it, especially super capitalism that we seem to have with corporatism. But um, it is the only one, in my opinion, that favors freedom. And freedom is what I'm all about. Also, live simply. She said in the video, she has to ride a train to work, which that means she's living in some big city. Move out of there. You know who seemed to be pretty chill, having a good time? Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, you did. You, you know? did notice that. Yeah. So move there. So you, you seem so. To- okay. And so, uh, all right. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it there. <laughs> I was gonna say something. Yeah, and but my I husband want- knew I was gonna say it, and so he just locked that well, right up. I, I shared something with her, and I, I had a great time in Des Moines. But I, I, I no, no- you're right to tell me to just lock but it I up. But I noticed something, and I shared it with her, and I thought it was insightful. But uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need to just uh, think say all that. of our thoughts into a microphone. Yes, exactly. I thought Des Moines was very positive, and I enjoyed it. And I thought that that is a city that people should move to if they're looking for a more relaxed lifestyle because I did think it was very good there. And it's like everybody wants to live in New York City. Everybody wants to live in Chicago. Everybody wants to live in L.A. And it's expensive and it's too much. And people need to take a step back and realize that there are a lot of really great cities out there that they can move to in this country and they still have a quality lifestyle and not and not spend all their money on rent. You know what I mean? Yep. Amen. I, and I do, I do want to get back to some Bible talk in Genesis six, but this, this podcast has been a little, uh, little uh, much because all the banging and our our sweet precious daughter interrupted us twice here because um, she's two and we've left her in a room alone while we do a podcast. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you very much. We're having a good time. Thank you.